Bill Show. Continuing on. Good to have you on board. Certainly appreciate you being here today. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, not as much Packers stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the season's winding down. Rogers a little bit nicked up. He hopes to play this coming weekend. Which, by the way, we're going to be live inside the Sheridan Hotel on the Riverwalk at the Shy Bar coming up immediately following the game this Sunday. Uh, myself, Mike Clements. Uh, so if you're a Packers fan, you're going to Chicago for the weekend, come on by. We're going to be there after the game. So swing by the Shy Bar inside the Sheridan Hotel Riverwalk, downtown Chicago. Going to be there doing the Green and Gold postgame show. Joining us now in studio is our buddy Zach Heil, Prince Sports Director, WOZN in Madison, uh, covering the Badgers. Zach, how you doing, pal? Doing great, Bill. So, give me your thoughts, first of all. Do you like the fickle hire? Yeah, I think it's a home run hire. I know that's what everyone's saying. It's kind of hard to try and pick it apart, though. Like, I mean, he's had success at Cincinnati rebuilding that program after Tommy Tuberville put it into the dumps, and uh, it was really, really impressive what he's been able to do there. He's got the chops of what he was able to do at Ohio State, you know, so he's done it at a high level, at the highest of levels, winning a national championship there. So, I, I love the hire, and it's, he's, he's a really good fit for Wisconsin. I mean, he is exactly the type of guy that uh, you would think of when you think of Wisconsin. So even though he hasn't never been here and he has never coached here and he didn't play here, um, he knows what it's about. Do you like the fact that they, uh, you know, because some people are saying, well, finally they went outside of the family. It's not somebody just from within. Do you like the fact that they went outside or do you just feel he's just the best guy for the job? I mean, he's he's the best guy for the, I mean, he's the best guy for the job. I will say, I'll still say Jim Leonard's a better fit. I mean, Jim Leonard is Wisconsin. Jim Leonard has all that stuff, but he doesn't have the necessary experience nor the necessary um, success level that you could say he deserves the job more than Luke Fickle. He doesn't. So, um, I, I mean, going outside, I didn't think they necessarily needed to go outside, but if they're going to go outside, you better have a home run hire. And they made the, home, they made the biggest hire, the biggest splash of any school in this coaching carousel. And I don't envision another job coming open. I think it would have to be a blue blood to, to pull a coach in that's going to be higher level of um, uh, than, than what Luke Fickle is for Wisconsin. So, again, I, w- go outside or not, if you were going to go outside, it had to be this higher. So now that leaves uh, – I'm getting um, – people are saying, wow, how he's accepted is going to be on how – you know, about how he handles Jim Leonard and the dignity. And it, I, I don't necessarily – how he gets accepted is going to be wins and losses to me. I mean, once you start winning football games, who cares how you handled anybody? But it seems like while he said all the right things, he also very much said it emphatically in a way that, hey, this is my program. And if Jim wants to be a part of it, I'd love to have him. But he's got decisions to make whether or not he can accept it or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It will come down to wins and losses. But winning it right now is winning over the locker room. And the ability to to give Jim Leonard the option of sticking around, I think, is smart on his part because Jim Leonard is loved in that locker room. And I think the ability to hold on to guys um, that are that are there, um, if, if Jim leaves – and I think there's going to be a, a pretty significant number of guys leaving no matter what. But if Jim were to stay, I think he may hold on to, to quite a few, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So um, trying to give him the option to come back, show you w- that you want him to come back, and you did everything possible to get him to come back, and, and maybe that will help you win over uh, some guys that are still very, very disappointed and emotional uh, about what the last two months have, have been in their life. If you hang on to a coach that was up for a head coaching role and doesn't get it, some say hanging on to that is just a bad idea. It's not a great relationship builder to start with. 
Others will say, well, it keeps continuity. Give me your thoughts on keeping Jim Leonard. Regardless if Jim Leonard wants to stay or not, if, if, if keeping Jim Leonard to work on your staff, do you think they should? I think he's got such a personality and, and such a charisma to him, Jim Leonard, that is, that I, it's tough to say that it'd be a great fit for him still to be around because I think there'd be a lot of people that sit there and say that, that, that that's still Jim's team. And, you know, Luke Fickle's been through this back in – 2011 and 2012 but urban meyer was such a big personality and such a big hire and had so much success winning national championships at florida that this was yeah okay <laughs> this is urban meyer's team i, I can mm-hmm. i can go back down and be a, a co-defense coordinator and i don't know if um you know jim w- will be okay with that I, I shouldn't say that i think jim might be okay with it but i don't know if uh the the rest of the locker room would be able to to uh gravitate towards luke fickle as much as if jim leonard wasn't there um, Jim Leonard, uh, it was reported that he was offered the Packers job, turned it down, and then ultimately doesn't get the Badger job. So does he go back to that interview, do you think? Uh, or do you, do you, Give me your thoughts on what you think Jim Leonard does, first of all, because I, the, the reports of him being blindsided by this, I can't imagine he was blindsided considering he sat down and talked with Chris McIntosh about the future. He had to know, and McIntosh had to have said, I'm going to evaluate everybody. So I can't imagine the blindside thing being completely accurate. It's my understanding that everybody up until very late in this process thought it was going to be Jim Leonard. Very late in this process. And that includes Jim Leonard. Um, uh, the people that were around him believed that it was going to be him. So hmm. I, I do think he was blindsided by it. He didn't. When, when we go back and look, though, Bill, at some of the stuff that happened, that, you know, not talking to Jim Leonard for like the first month and a half of, of this entire process. I mean, he didn't sit down with Jim Leonard until last Monday or last Tuesday that maybe gives you an indication that it was going to be a, a wide open process. And, uh, you know, Chris McIntosh said he didn't make his, up his mind exactly which way he was going to go until after he had that conversation with Jim Leonard. So uh, I do think that because of how people gravitate towards Jim Leonard and how uh, the players reacted to him, and, and I thought, you know, obviously they didn't win all the games that they desperately needed to win, um, and I don't know if it would have mattered, but the fact that, you know, he thought he was getting the job. I do think he was blindsided by it. Now, what happens next? It's a very good question. He loves Madison. So we, we have talked about that plenty, right? Like the Green Bay Packers right. job probably is, is as good as a job that you could possibly hope for at this point, though, <laughs> based on based on that defense uh, right. and, and uh, the things that happen to the defense coordinator when they don't go well. Um, he would be he would go from the favorite son to the least favorite son very, very quickly, I, I you would think, in Green Bay, if not successful. But... I think he loves Madison so much that that would be what would potentially keep him at Wisconsin. And um, I don't, I don't know where he would go uh, if he didn't take this Badgers job. I think the NFL would be a possibility, but he also has a young family and um, maybe he takes some time off. I don't know. This, this again, I do think he's very hurt by what happened and I know everyone knows it's a business and he knows that more than anybody, but I think he's pretty hurt by what happened. The uh, the I'm going to go back to something you had talked about about having a young family. There was a quick report out that was brought out and then deleted that he thought, well, maybe I won't be the head coach and I don't want to do that because I've got this young family. Do you think that played into any of this at all, or do you think that was just an erroneous report? Yeah, I'm not going to call it erroneous because I don't that those are sources that I don't know. Right? Like we, right. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to question somebody else's reporting on that and um, he's a he's, he's a pretty good reporter it's not like he's made stuff up in the past right he has made stuff i again i'm not going to comment on anything right, regarding right. 
somebody else is reporting uh, on this, but it's pretty clear that Jim Leonard loves Madison. It's pretty clear that he has a family that it, with, with young kids. Uh, they moved around, obviously, during his NFL career, and um, Madison is home, built a home here and loves it and uh, I think wanted to be here for the rest of his career, and this has kind of thrown a little bit of a wrench into it, and then I think trying to figure out your next steps when you were expecting it to be this one step and now it's not this step is, is probably something he's working through right now. All of this came to uh, back to the forefront yesterday, recruiting and uh, getting, uh, you know, expanded recruiting department. Obviously, the uh, the expedite, expedition now of the uh, expediting the uh, the practice facilities and, and now you're on that full blown capital campaign. It seems like, uh, OK, you've got you got that ball rolling now with like you called it, the, the, the home run pick and that big pick. So now does this uh, I, I don't know how to put this, I guess. Does this put Wisconsin via the portal map, the recruiting map, does this kind of elevate things? I don't want to say all of a sudden just puts them on the map because they've already been on the map, but does this elevate things with the Luke Fickle hire in all of those different areas? I think the one thing that signals their commitment to football and to playing on a, on a higher level is the money that they gave Luke Fickle. And again, there's been people that will sit here and say, oh, yeah, it's still only like fourth or fifth in Big Ten. It's also $2.5 million more per year than Paul Kirsch was making. It's a significant, mm-hmm. significant commitment to what uh, you need to do in college football to succeed. And Luke Fickle is just the first part of it. There's going to be an increase, I think, in the money that you're giving to two assistants and the money that's being given to the strength staff and, 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 and more money thrown into recruiting. And again, that, that money doesn't guarantee anything, but it allows you to compete. And um, Wisconsin has been... I don't want to say playing with their hands behind their back because they haven't. They've they've been able to do a great job with the resources that they have, and um, now they're just kicking it up another notch. And I think that's what this says more than anything. I don't know if it's going to work, but they're putting the effort into it. They see which way this is going, and they're ponying up for it, uh, and the, the, the contract for Luke Fickle shows it more than anything. There's there's people have been complaining about coaching salaries for since Brett Bielema left and probably even before that. And there's just no complaining that you can have at this point. They've they've showed their hand and they're willing to to play on this level. And facility is a big part of that. And you have a new three hundred million dollar facility, likely, uh, I assume, uh, make if they make it through the legislature, uh, coming very very soon. I think Luke Fickle probably saw that, saw the commitment, and was guaranteed that this was the way it was going to be. And that's why he thinks he might have a chance to to win big here. Now, the, the, that's my next question. When you talk about the, the money they gave the head coach, this has traditionally been in the bottom third of coaching, the bottom third of assistant coaches, the bottom third with facilities. There's a, a bottom third when it comes to recruiting and the recruiting office and such. All of those, we're gonna, you would assume they're going to be substantial increases. And let's be honest, with the new money that's coming in, they're not hurting for money. It's you know I know the argument is you're talking about a state-funded school and state programs and such, but with the money coming in, there's no reason not to be in the upper echelon, especially with the prominence that Wisconsin has had of all of those categories when it comes to spending, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you just saw what they did with the renovation of Camp Randall I, in the new south end zone. That was the first time I had been in there. It's amazing. Um, it's yeah. a it's a great, great venue, and it's a great site to be able to hold stuff in. And I think, it again, it's just small little things like that. And it's not even small. That was a pretty big project. But those the, it's it's all building on top of each other to show that Wisconsin knows what it needs to take to compete in this environment and i do think that there's going to be increases in all those areas that you mentioned and they're necessary increases 
Ben will, you know, I know Ben is not a uh, belief that they can recruit at the highest levels like with Michigan and Ohio State, and that's probably still accurate. But they need to compete with some of the other schools to keep them in that third, fourth, fifth level in the Big Ten and and uh, then going out and uh, get those guys to improve throughout their entire career, just like Wisconsin's always done. Um, they're still at a little bit of a disadvantage recruiting-wise because, because of the lack of talent routinely here in the state the talent state is getting better but it's still not in the level of ohio or pennsylvania or any of those places but i do think this this money and the, and the ability to to throw some uh throw your weight around i think in that environment is kind of what we've seen wisconsin do with this talking with zach how talking with zach howard wozn out in madison covering the badgers sports director out there um the other aspect of this is when you sit down and start to talk with uh, chris mcintosh if you're luke fickle and I, I would love to know, when did McIntosh interview Luke Fickle? Yeah. Did they say that? So I asked Chris McIntosh, like, a little bit of a question. When did he decide that Luke Fickle was yeah. the guy? And, he did, he's, again, he didn't decide until after he talked to to um, uh, Jim Leonard last week. But I know that there's other reports out there. I believe the, the Wisconsin State Journal reported that his wife came in um, and uh, and was looking around last month and, and trying to get a feel for it. So I think he's had uh, a number of talks with Luke Fickle over the course of the last, you know, probably since early October of exactly uh, and building that relationship and figuring out exactly how it goes. Trying to get trying to get a timeline out of Chris McIntosh wasn't easy, and, and the same thing kind of goes for Luke Fickle because it looks really really bad if uh, Luke Fickle's talking to other teams in the middle of his own season. And so I think he mm-hmm. kind of, I think he was kind of trying to keep that under wraps, but it's clear that they had many talks over the last month and a half uh, to build that relationship and, and see that they view things a lot, uh, very much the same way and in, in how a program should be run and the success of Wisconsin, they think can have uh, th- together. They think they can have here. Well, if that's the case, I mean, I, I get it. You don't want to look like you were planning an exit when you're still trying to tell guys, hey, rah, rah, here we go, and I've got your back. So I understand that for uh, on Fickle's behalf. And McIntosh, um, certainly it does him due diligence to say, hey, I have to cast a wide net uh, once I decided Paul Chris was no longer going to be the guy. So I understand that too. But kudos, behind the scenes and swimming below the surface, kudos to McIntosh. For starting that relationship to say, hey, there's a couple of guys that I'm targeting, and Fickle's probably on the top of my list. And kudos to him for going out, and if, if that's all what happened, kudos to him for building the relationship. Yeah, I think the – I don't know if you remember this, Bill, but um, when Gary Anderson left, Barry Alvarez was asked if he was going to use a search committee. And, you know, he goes, why would I use a search committee? Most search committees use me type of thing. Right. Um Chris McIntosh did not do that. He he did use a search committee, and it allows you a lot of backdoor uh, ability to connect with people without it getting out and without it, you know, hitting people's uh, uh, social media and all that good stuff. So I think that there was a little bit of that and the ability to keep it under wraps as long as they did. I know that there were reports out of Cincinnati. Uh, the Athletic reported that a couple weeks ago, Cincinnati was starting to understand that uh, Fickle was being targeted by Wisconsin and Nebraska. Um, and they, they tried to do some things to keep him, but it was just the job was just for here was just apparently too much to to give up. Do you think that uh, the fact that Luke Fickle and his recruiting background in the upper Midwest, specifically in that that football belt, as they put it, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, all through that area. Do you think that had something to do with this? Yeah, because he, it's understanding where you are and who you are uh when you went and plucked gary anderson out of the west coast and tried to put him in the midwest it wasn't going to work um some of the guys that he wanted to recruit 
it just wasn't going to work. And with Luke Fickle, he knows, obviously, the Big Ten footprint, being a player and being a coach there for so long, Not you know, and st- still being in Cincinnati, being in Ohio, knowing exactly uh, what has happened at Wisconsin over the last 25 years and, and understanding what works. But, yeah, the recruiting aspect of it, he said we're going to be in a 300-mile radius of Madison. That's, that's going to be the core. And so it's Minnesota, it's, it's Illinois, it's Iowa, it's Michigan – it's uh, parts of Indiana, but he's also going to get into Ohio. He's going to be in Pennsylvania. He's going to be in a whole bunch of different places uh, in the country. Um, but yes, I think his his knowledge of the Midwest and and uh, what it takes to win in the Big Ten played obviously a significant role here. I don't know if you heard Mo Egger with us yesterday, but when Fickle took the job, and and there is a hotbed of uh, of football in the Cincinnati area, he went to every coach at every high school. He traveled around high school to high school to start talking to these guys. And a lot of these guys said we had never seen Tuberville. He never even called. He never introduced himself to any of us. Yeah, he's a disaster. And which was, yeah, he's a disaster, <laughs> which was amazing. But Fickle, I mean, he really grabbed his arms around it and owned it. So that area he's already got because he's got those relationships. But you're yep. right. I have a feeling that a lot of coaches in this area, in this region, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, they're all going to get visits at some point relatively soon. Because he said the same thing in Cincinnati. I'm going to put a 300-mile yep. radius around this area and keep all the best players. Yeah, and so I, we were – we have the camp, our, our camp podcast that I do with Jesse Temple, and he he talked to Jim Trussell, he talked to Mark D'Antonio, he talked to some other guys that have been um, in connection with Luke Fickle throughout his entire career, and call him one hell of a recruiter. He he went into yeah. Maryland with no relationships whatsoever and started pulling some of the best players out of there. Now, again, recruiting to Ohio State and recruiting to Wisconsin, two different things, but his ability to build relationships very quickly and, and do it genuinely is, mm-hmm. uh, I think, something that really has stuck out or stood out for Chris McIntosh. Yep, yep, no doubt. Zach, always good. It'll be interesting the rest of the way, but I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. When do we expect to find out an, uh, an announcement with Jim Leonard? So they're meeting again tomorrow. I think we'll probably have a, a resolution pretty quickly. Okay. All right. And they have not, as far as we know, accepted anything regarding bowl bids just yet, right? Nope. They have, that'll be coming after the College Well Playoff announcement yeah. on, on Sunday. And it's it's looking like uh, potentially Phoenix um, or New York. So we'll see. Okay. New York would be kind of a fun trip. Phoenix would, too. I mean, you know. I mean the Pinstripe Bowl, uh, it's at Yankee Stadium, Bill, um, right. in New York, and the press box there is an open-air press box. So I, and we yeah, went that's there and, not good. Went there in 2018. I, I, could, I could deal with that. But, hey, I'm not going to – I'm not I'm – not, ever going to turn down a, a free trip so but you're still sitting in a nice seat and you're still sitting in an area that's got at least some warm blowing through it as opposed to sitting out in the stands so, yep yeah good stuff all right. all right buddy we'll talk to you soon thanks sounds good bill thanks there you go zach Heilprin, sports director wozn out in madison uh, covering the badgers and uh, good stuff from zach so there that's 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 all your load of luke fickle and in wisconsin badger football information for the day. There you have it. 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Uh, if you've got a Harley lover, a motorcycle rider on your wish list and Christmas card list and Christmas list for gifts, there is no better place. Whether it's a gift card, whether it's a shirt, whether it's a jacket, whether it's a helmet, boots, just knickknacks for around the house, anything HD and everything HD, or just some other crafts and such that they carry. Go to Wisconsin Harley Davidson, WISHD.com, but right there on Highway 67 in Oconomowoc. They even carry like uh, local crafts, knickknack stuff, candles and all that kind of stuff. I was just out there not that long ago and uh, picked up a couple of them, as a matter of fact, from a local candle maker in the area. 
who uh, really good stuff. I'm into the maple scented scented candles and the vanillas and the cookies and stuff. But they have that too. So stop out for all all kinds of different stuff. And they've got a giant clearance room on site. That's Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Go to wishd.com in Oconomowoc between Milwaukee and Madison. You can't go wrong. Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Wishd.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Really, man, come on. Bill Michael Show. Six o'clock news. Continuing on. Hey, don't forget uh, our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. they got a lot of good stuff going on. If you're looking to just take a load off after some shopping or you want to go in there on the weekend for some entertainment, a little Christmas music being played, whatever, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in and uh, to Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill and tell them we said hi. Good people over there. Good, good stuff. Hey, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show, talked about uh, getting good news via the scan. Take a listen. Well, we're not eliminated. Uh, I got good news with the scans yesterday, so I plan on playing this week. There you go. Short, simple, sweet. Aaron Rodgers playing this week. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So he's going to be back this week. No! And, yeah, you know what? I own you. I want to see if it happens. Ben, do you think – let me ask you this. I'll, I'll go right here. Do the Packers win this weekend? Does Justin Fields play? Uh, as of right now, no. If he does not play, the Packers win. If he does, I could see the Bears winning. If he does, you're saying it's a toss-up? Correct. They've shown a unique ability to not tackle running quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I got to wait to make my pick on that thing. But I will say that if indeed... The uh, Rodgers is playing now. We know that. Uh, there, I think there's going to be a belt. I think there's going to be a pass to Christian Watson heading into the end zone, and there's going to be a belt. I think there will be. Just throwing it out there. Just, just my thought. I think we're going to get one more. I own you before uh, he calls it a career. Tough to, tough to do that when you're four and eight, though. You know, most of the time the Packers are in first place. The Bears stink. I mean, the Packers have what, like the fifth pick in the draft right now? It's kind of tough um, to go run around Chicago doing that, I feel like. Yeah. Now, Watcher says Rodgers only thinks of himself. There's no reason for him to play. Yeah, there is. He's getting paid a lot of money to play. Getting paid a lot of money to play. What if he wants uh, to play so bad because he knows Jordan Love is that good? Um, I, I guess my question would be, if he knows Jordan loves that good, then what is there to lose? What would he be losing? I don't know. His job, in theory? It, well, first of all, he's at the end of his career, and if he does lose his job, the worst that can happen to him is he gets traded away. You know what I mean? Because the Packers, if they trade him away, they're not going to have a lot of success for at least a year, maybe two. 
So he knows that uh, it's not like Jordan Love's going to come out and light it up and break all these records and go win championships without him because he's probably going to do it anyway if indeed they keep him because Rodgers only has two years left on his deal. So it's, you know, he would be traded now, whether he's traded to a competitive team, you would assume he would be, or if he's traded away to a, you know, craptastic team, I mean, I guess there's something to be said there, but, um, I like when Favre wouldn't go down, Favre knew that, you know, Favre was at the end of his career, but he knew, you know, Favre was still had, still had a little bit of retention left in him, but he knew that. Aaron Rodgers was not only going to take over his job, but he was going to light it up and he could get traded anywhere. So Favre at the end of his career said, well, maybe I'll retire. And then that put him into that. They got tired of waiting for him to make a decision and they kind of forced him out. Whereas Rodgers holds all the cards. I mean, if Rodgers really wanted to be traded, he'd say, trade me. You're in good hands. If he knows that Jordan Love is good, but not great, then he knows he's got a job. I can't imagine any coach, with, with the situation you're in monetarily, you're sitting Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to pay Aaron Rodgers to be a clipboard holder. You know what I mean? So he knows he's not losing his job. Whereas Favre was coming to the end of his deal. They might be more inclined to try to find a fit. Now, I, I yeah. don't think all this is true. I'm just throwing out a, a theory right. here about everything that's going on. I, uh, I, yeah, for those that say, well, he's worried about his job, I, he could be worried about the ego of being shown up, that all of a sudden the offense really does work with Jordan Love rather than Aaron Rodgers. He could, I guess he could see that. Uh, but you're paying Rodgers a lot of money. And the optics, now again, it's a business, and I said that at the beginning of the show, the optics of it would be you have sat Aaron Rodgers to hold a clipboard for the future what are you doing? And players inside that locker room, former players, players around the league, look at that and say, yeah, they're, they're treating a veteran poorly. So that there is something to be said about that. But right, this would be the opportunity for Rodgers, and I give Rodgers credit because it's not about being a diva. Look, this guy's getting paid a lot of money to play football, and if he's got sore ribs, bad ribs, and a busted-up thumb and the whole thing, uh, what's selfishly, what would he be doing it for? Because you know he's got a job. Everybody, if if they if the Packers said, "Hey, after June first, we're going to trade this guy away. Anybody want him?" You're going to have probably at least seven to ten teams raising their hand, going, "We'll take him. Throw him over this way." Oh my God, whatever you want, we'll give you. So you'll have that, uh, and they're going to get him for just his base salary. So why not? Because we already, you know, just from breaking it down from Ken Ingles, you know, you're not going to pay a ton of that salary. Most of it's been paid. So you're paying just a base, and that's it. So. Other than ego or competitiveness, what reason would he have not to to, to play? I mean, I, I, I guess I for those that say he's a diva, yeah, he's a diva in a lot of different ways, but I don't think he's a diva because he's tough and he wants to play. I think that's just competitive nature. And I think it's the Bears. Now, let's say he gets hurt in the Bears game. Yeah, then I can see him, unless it's something debilitating where he just can't play. But let's say he takes another shot to the ribs. I mean, just a devastating shot. Doesn't break him, doesn't puncture him, but he's really sore. The thumbs, he hits it on a helmet or something. I can see then saying, you know what, the easy way out is to take a couple of weeks off and allow me to heal. I'll come back at the end of the season, play a game or two, but in the meantime, let Jordan Love play. But this guy's got a built-in excuse right here, right now, and he's saying he wants to play. I give him credit for that. 
I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, let's go to uh, Tom. Well, you know, let's do this. I'll, I'll come back. Tommy and, and Derek and everybody on hold. Stay right where you're at because I'm running a little bit late. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to the program. Good to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the New Male Medical Center, uh, treating guys with ED all over the state of uh, Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. Doesn't matter where you're listening to me. One phone number, 414-455-4451. That's one phone number, 414-455-4451. Give them a shout, 414-455-4451. Whether it's ED, low T treatments, even the all-in-one weight loss program, especially this time of year, as the cookies, cakes, pies, and all that kind of stuff start flowing, you might need that. Give them a call. Again, New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451. Uh, let's get back to it. And those that are on hold, Tommy's listening to us in Milwaukee. Tommy, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Doing well. Bill, long, uh, first time, long time. Appreciate it, man. What's up? Yeah. Hey, just wanted to talk about the fickle hire a little bit and, uh, you know, some of the maybe similarities, um, and the differences that we have here and why it's a great hire, I think for UW, um, you know, myself included wanted the Jimmy Leonard story to kind of snowball and keep the Cinderella thing alive. Um, but the more you peel back the layers on, on fickle, um, I think we're going to find that he's a lot more cut from the Barry Alvarez cloth, um, than anybody we've had in that seat for the last, you know, 15, 20 years, whatever it's been. Um, from all accounts, I listened to AJ Hawk this morning, talk about him. Um, this is a guy that can be both loved and feared, um, to kind of quote the old Machiavelli, uh, Bronx Hill um, quote there, you know, he can be, be both of those things. And that's what you need in a effective leader coach um, and all the recruiting things and uh, everything aside from him not being, you know, from Wisconsin. Yeah. He might not be from Wisconsin, but he seems to be cut from our type of cloth. And I think he'll be a great fit. I just thought the tone that he had was very much of, I'm in command, I've got this, I've got, you know, my arms around it. Uh, Very much a a different tone from what we heard from Paul Crist. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a very counter-opposite of personality, I believe. Correct, 100%. And in Crist, he had a player's coach who ended up, you know, being extremely well-liked by players. But I don't think that he, and you saw it in the locker room speech where he said, draw the line in the sand. At that moment, I think that he lost the guys, uh, and it proved that. That may not be the moment that he lost them, but that's the moment where it was exposed that, hey, you know, these guys are not – you're not instilling that fear or that motivation the way that you should, and maybe that's why it was time for a change. And I don't know that Jimmy's got that yet. I think he's still viewed as a player first, um, coach second, and he could honestly benefit a lot from being in a in fickle system, I think, and that's just my two cents. Yep, no doubt about it. Tommy, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking a listen to us in Milwaukee as well. Derek listening to us in Albany, New York. Derek, welcome to the program. What's going on? 
Hey, Bill, uh, you know, having paid attention to football for a long time, you know, since the early 60s, the media and, and you're in the business and you know how titillating it can be and how much fun it can be, Look, you know, going hashing over will he or won't they or will he or won't they or, I mean, right. the implications of Roger's situation is it's never ending. And so, but some of the differences I've seen having watched football for a long time is I've got, a, I'm a collector of old games and I've got Packer games from 70s and 80s where you watch the hitting bill. And, and there's hitting. I mean, they, they're not waiting for a business decision. They're, they're mm-hmm. rounding to the ball and rallying to the ball, and, and the expression is flying around, and you really see a difference. There's hitting. Today, in today's game, and hey, I get the concussion thing. When I was playing football, Bill, and probably when you were, when I was in high school, you could clothesline people. You know, I returned punts, and if right. I couldn't get to me clotheslining. I don't advocate that. Remember the old series they put on? He got jacked up. Remember? That was right. fun to yes. watch. But it was it was a blast. Why as men do we watch football? Okay, I'm not a Neanderthal. My girlfriend's funny though. My girlfriend says, "Hey, they should just take away all rules. Just let all hell break out." You know what a game that would be. <laughs> right. yeah. She's funny. She's like, she's like, I'm tired of this penalty and that penalty. Just let them do whatever. Which is mm-hmm. she's a tough broad. But I mean, the thing is, I notice the hitting. That's that's the main thing I notice. And I wish. You know, just guys wrap up. You don't have to be spectacular, but make a commitment to it. Have pride in it. It's a tough game. Yeah, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, there's business decisions to be made, but that's what you sign up for. I want to see more football like it was in the old days. You know, not to sound like an old codger here, but, hey, don't get me wrong. I love the wide-open passing attack. I, I love all that, but I go from Johnny Unitas to now, and I just see too much not hitting. Right. I don't. Well, you see hitting with certain teams. You saw hitting in uh, the Tennessee game. A very fundamentally sound hitting, run you over, kick your ass in the trenches kind of team. I appreciate yeah. that. It's not the same as it once was, only because it's not uh, the emphasis, I'm going to say, to plow through somebody and hurt them the way the, the mentality used to be. Uh, because now, you know, obviously with salaries and everybody having the same agent and stuff, nobody wants to, you know, injure a guy's career. But no, I, I agree. It it was even going back to the you know short term. Go back to the guys like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. They wanted to take yeah. your head off. They how were coming Chuck after C- you. How about you know? Chuck Cecil. How about oh, Chuck, Chuck Cecil was a hitter. Yeah, I mean, big time. Yeah, uh, no well, doubt about the, it. Go back, folks. Go back to old NFL films and watch the great drama. What what Steve Sable and 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 the Sables put together in terms of football. Butkus and Nitschke and Tommy Nobis and guys like that. Mm-hmm. And Willie Lanier back in the day. That you know. There's just something, I don't know, there's just something primal about that. that, You know, I appreciate the art of the game, but I still still love the physical aspect of the game. Right. No, and they've lost a little bit, no doubt about it. Appreciate the phone call. They've lost a little bit of that in the NFL. Uh, We watch it for big plays. Once they discovered that scoring, offense, highlight reel films of offense sell, that's when suddenly, you know, you, you couldn't hit quarterbacks the same. And there was a lot of in, you know, um, you know, open and, uh, you know, targets, receivers and such that, uh, you know, def- defenseless players that couldn't be hit anymore. It used to be a thing, man. If you were going to come across the middle, it didn't matter if you saw it coming or not. They were going to clean your clock. That's why you had big safeties. If you were going to go across the middle, you either had a big linebacker or a big safety to beat somebody's ass. Now you don't get that. He's right. You don't get that. It's not the same anymore. Now it's the it's the art of football more than the the you know machismo of football. Don't get me wrong, the art of football is still very much a, a machismo sport, but it's he's right. It's not the same as it once used to be. Uh, but 
going back to Aaron Rodgers, and this one's from uh, Michael, who says, I believe Aaron Rodgers should probably sit and give Jordan Love the opportunity to show what he can do. My question is why? Why should Aaron Rodgers say, you know what, Jordan, go ahead? It's a bad look either way. Aaron Rodgers is not going to win with many fans if he decides to play, which he already has. He's going to play on Sunday. He's, he said it earlier today. Some fans are going to say, oh, he's being selfish. He's being a diva. Others are going to say, Matt LaFleur and management have no balls. They won't sit him. And the other third of you are going to say, hell yeah, he should play. They're paying him a ton of money to play. He signed a contract to play. So if he sits, he can't win. If he plays, he can't win. So to me, do what you do. Do what you do. Continue to build the rapport with the young receivers. You're not mathematically eliminated as of yet. He did open that door in that postgame presser on Sunday night to say, hey, you know, as long as we got a shot, man, I, I want to be there. You know, I think he was more talking about, hey, I'm banged up, but if we got a shot at, at, at playing and winning and I can play, I want to be there. As opposed to saying, you know, if we were completely done and, and this was really ailing me, maybe I'd probably sit a game just to get it back. But I, I just believe, look, you're, you're making a lot of money. You restructured a lot of money to come back and stay with the Packers. And he made the commitment. He said, I will retire a Packer. I will end my career as a Green Bay Packer. That's what he said. Take him at it now. Granted, we've taken him at his word before, and his word has proven to be, you know, somewhat misleading, you know, to say, I didn't specifically say that. Well, you know, whatever. But I, I still think that as long as he can play, you're paying him to play, you play him. Now, does that mean he has to play every snap of every game? Of course not. Of course not. I think you do try to at least put a little bit more on film of Jordan Love so teams can get a look at him and go, okay, he has grown up. He has played better. He has done certain things to make him better. But uh, but I still think uh, there's <laughs> there's a lot. This is a very, 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 and I say this a lot of years, but this year I unbelievably mean it. Unbelievably mean it. This is an incredibly pivotal year in the history of the Green Bay Packers, in recent history for the Green Bay Packers. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a shout. This portion of the program brought to you by Wabam. W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. That's getwabam.com. Cleaning supplies, products, industrial, janitorial, whatever it happens to be, or maybe you're just a car person or a bike person or a boat person. Grab that stuff while you can. Do a little detailing. It's good, good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have today off. They return tomorrow to get ready to face the Bears at Soldier Field Sunday. Injured players getting treatment like safety Darnell Savage, who left on the opening series Sunday night in Philly with a foot injury. Aaron Rodgers underwent an MRI to determine how bad that rib injury is that he suffered against the Eagles. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur asked about Rodgers at a press conference last night. He said he was feeling a little bit better today, so that's a good sign. Did they tell you the results? Yes, but there's more to be done so like i said sometimes there's stuff that doesn't show up on on all the scans he just all i can tell you is he's feeling a little bit better matt if he's deemed healthy enough to play will he play yes Jordan Love only played 10 snaps in relief of Rodgers Sunday night, but he led the Packers to score a touchdown and a field goal. Love on CBS Sports Radio. Do you think one day maybe you could be on the same level as an Aaron Rodgers as a player even better than him? That's the goal. That's the goal right there. <laughs> so how, how long are you willing to wait? Um, are you a patient guy when it comes to that waiting process? 
very patient. <laughs> I just, in the back of my head, I know my time will come, and it's all about what I do with that. It's, Got to make the most of that opportunity. The Bears are back in Chicago after losing to the Jets 31-10 in the rain at MetLife Stadium. Safety Eddie Jackson went down on the turf with a foot injury, and their top wide receiver, Darnell Mooney, out for the year. He'll need ankle surgery. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Our eyes are forward now um, on to Packer week. Uh, we're looking to put our best foot forward. I know we got some uh, injury things that are uh, up in the air for for everybody, for our football team, for the media, for the fans. And again, I'll get that to you guys on Wednesday. But uh, certainly looking at different lineups and what we can do to put our best foot forward and put the best product on the field on Sunday. That's the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome in, Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. Hey, our friends at the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center reminding you, concerts are upcoming. Coming up December 3rd, this weekend, December 3rd. They still have a few tickets, not many, for the Christmas tradition with Rory Makem uh, at the ICHC. Uh, really good Irish music, Christmas music, the concert going on. And then Christmas O'Carolin. Featuring Reverie Road uh, on December 18th. They still have some tickets available. Get a hold of my buddy Corey over there uh, if you're looking for tickets. It's right on Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee. 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Or if you want to go online, it's ICHC.net. Great thing to take your friends and family to, the kids to uh, this time of year. Uh, ICHC.net. Uh, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, ICHC.net, or just give Corey a call, 414-345-8800. Want to get some Christmas spirit in the, the Irish way, 345-8800, area code 414-345-8800. That's the ICHC.net. Uh, getting ready to, ready to kick off, so to speak, with uh, the, uh, the USA soccer match in the World Cup. Paying a little attention to that. Big report came out. ESPN's doing a big uh, expose on all of this. That uh, Qatar officials uh, are saying that the the worker deaths for the stadium that was built, they estimate four to five hundred workers died. It's like, are you kidding me? That's that's like a whole workforce. They said four to five hundred died. Oof, man. Uh, anyway, uh, getting back into football, getting back into Packers, Badger stuff. Let's get back at it. Uh, our buddy Todd from Mount Horeb. Todd, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill. How you doing? Great show. Good. Great show always. Thank um, you. Regarding that guy, that t- you know, we all love to see the big hits in football, but we all know that's gone. There's too much money to let this, you know, players are bigger, stronger, and faster now. There's just no way they're going to let them hit like they used to. But what I like to say about the Rodgers, there's so many Roger haters. I, I, it's just unreal. These people call up, oh, the injury isn't that bad. He really doesn't want to play. Are they? I mean, come on. You might not like him because of his hair. He speaks his mind. But that guy is a competitor. There's no way he does not want to play. So even though you hate him because his hair isn't what you want it to be or he speaks his mind or he dates somebody named Blue, give that up and have an honest opinion instead of just hating on him. Mm-hmm. In, in I, no, most, I, he's a competitor. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and these people that just call the hate. And the guy earlier said, oh, I don't think he's really that injured. He just doesn't want to play. I mean, is that guy really listening to himself? 
That's just I, it. He is going to play. I mean, if yeah. anything, he just proved you wrong. I just, you know, and Love may or may not be the future. We don't know that yet. He played decent. Um, you know, did some good things the other night. But, we, you know, that's there's just too much of a small of a sample to know. Rodgers is still our best best winning option and will be for the next year or so. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Cross your fingers, hopefully. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Rodgers did say, for those that are just tuning in, today on the Pat McAfee show that the scans were very encouraging, uh, and he said that he will play uh, on Sunday against the Bears. So for Bears fans that are listening, and by the way, if you're heading down to Chicago, we're going to be Sheridan Hotel Riverwalk in, in the Shy Bar. In the Shy Bar. That's where you're going to get the postgame show live, the Green and Gold postgame show. The best! The best out there. We're going to be in the Shy Bar live. Come on by and say hi. Have a couple beverages. Hang out with us. All brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Have a couple of beverages. Listen to the program. Hell, I might even bring an extra microphone and let you chime in if you want to come over. Looking forward to it. we got another hour yet to go. I'm Bill Michaels, Ben Kenny, producing, pushing all the buttons, doing it all right. You and me for another hour. How we looking? More of the Bill Michaels Show next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.